We are at the point in the season where we are starting to project the NHL award contenders. And today we are going to be giving you our opinions. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Nick Zararis. Nick, how you doing? Again, I, it's still cold, Jess, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, you're preaching to the choir on that one. Uh, before we jump into things, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code Locked On to get $20 off of your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Um, today we are going to be talking all about the heart trophy. This is a fun conversation because everyone's opinion, uh, is different for the most part and everyone has different criteria for what makes someone a heart trophy candidate as well as the winner. So stick around for that and uh, make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts and on YouTube as well. We are here for you five days a week. This was a fun list to put together. For sure. Because everybody thinks about hockey differently, especially in relation when we think about the MVP award and other sports. The other sports, it's pretty easy to do in all honesty. Football, it goes to the quarterback who's on the best team. That's generally, it takes something really special for that not to be the case. More likely than not, Lamar Jackson is going to win that whenever the votes get counted up. Best good quarterback on the best team in the regular season. Okay. Baseball, whoever has the most war wins the award now. That's been Otani the last couple of years. Easy enough. Basketball is a little more subjective because people like narratives, especially the people who vote on the award over there. Mm -hmm. And hockey, it's been. You're either Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, or Austin Matthews for the last for the last number of years. You have to be a good player. You have to put up the counting stats, and you have to be on a team that makes the playoffs. The hockey threshold is high, and I say that because in the history of the award, only three p- players ever that have won the award that are retired now didn't eventually make the Hall of Fame. Right now, there's still two active players who probably are going to be on the fence and Corey Perry and Taylor Hall of whether or not they end up getting in eventually. But it's a high bar. Generally speaking, the best player typically wins the award, which is why a lot of these conversations end up burning out as moot because McDavid's McDavid's got the trump card of, I'm the best player in the world whenever I feel like it. And that usurps a lot of the discussion that could be had. Yeah, and that's why it's kind of interesting to... If you remove Connor McDavid from the conversation. And you have to, basically. Like, you can't just approach this, I feel like, and not make it super obvious and be like, okay, Connor McDavid. Like, that was a very obvious choice, of course. But you just, there are so many players in this league. And yeah, of course, there's only one Connor McDavid, but valuable holds different uh 
meanings to each team. Like, is your goaltender your most valuable player? You could make an argument that Jacob Markstrom is the Flames' most valuable player right now, well, prior to his injury. And it's really team-specific, I guess, if you want to break it down to that level. Oh, for sure. And that's always something that gets baked into these conversations and something we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the third segment where we talk about how the situation matters. Because but one of the people on my list and a lot, somebody on a lot of lists in, in both Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes, you know, Quinn Hughes played pretty mu- not as good as this last year, but, you know, 85, 90 percent of this. And he wasn't really in the Norris conversation at all. But now that the team is playing better you will start to get award consideration. And a lot. I don't disagree with that notion. I think there has to be some element of team success for you to win an individual award, especially something like MVP, something like best all-around defenseman, because that implies the way you play is helping. We talked a lot about how the way Sharon Govich plays yesterday is inefficient. He's going to end the season with decent numbers, but he doesn't play hockey in a particularly efficient way. Mm-hmm. It's great Eric Carlson put up 100 points last year, but he didn't play particularly good defense, and the Sharks would have lost maybe three or four more games without him on that team versus what they ultimately did. So it's great he put up the counting stats, but points are not the be-all, end-all. There needs to be a little – I'm not saying it's a huge factor, but there needs to be some element of team success in there. And you need to be, as you were saying, you know, one of the driving forces of that team's success. You know, you mentioned goalie. One of the people I have on my ballot, and I'll spoil it now, is Connor Hellebuck because the Jets are the best or one of the best teams in the league, depending on the day of the week when you look at the standings. And he's got the most or second most goals saved above expected of any goalie in the league on a team that does not score a lot of goals, that doesn't have a true bona fide superstar other than him. You know, Mark Shifley's good. Kyle Connor, who's been out for a while, is good. Nikolai Ehlers is an analytics darling. Josh Morrissey should be a Norris finalist. But in reality, Connor Hellebuck's the best player on that team. And when you are the best player on one of the best teams and you play a position like goalie, that is excessively valuable. You have a tremendous impact on the outcome of games. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's, I guess, to add to that is goaltending, when we talk about it, and nauseam on this show, you cannot successfully project and predict what a goaltender is going to do. Because if I remember correctly, last season, uh, Connor Hellebuck wasn't playing like Connor Hellebuck. Or he was like seventh or eighth in goal saved above expected. So he was good. He wasn't his usual self. Yeah. And that's, you know, obviously when you have a quote unquote decline like that, uh, to bounce back and the way he's playing to be number one in goal saved above expected on one of the best teams in the league you you have to look at it and be like you're impactful you like if you miss a game or if you go on a stretch where you're injured and you can't play or play to this level what happens do the Jenga pieces fall and the other point, I why, why I brought up Hellebuck now, even though we're going to talk about a little more about who we would pick in the next segment, is I feel like we are, too, at large, we are too quick to dismiss defensemen and goalies for the heart. And I know that's typically because we just associate with whoever records the most points is the most valuable. And when it's typically been Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews or Leon Dreisaitl, it's not hard. It's pretty hard to argue against that. You know, if somebody puts up 130, 140 points, 
that is extremely valuable. There aren't a lot of people capable of doing that. But my counterpoint to that would be we have to kind of put McDavid in his own box. Otherwise, nobody else is ever going to win this award. And that's not a knock on Connor <laughs> McDavid. I mean, you've seen this happen in the other sports. Like Tom Brady only won four MVPs when he probably could have won seven or eight. LeBron probably could have won seven or eight in a row at one point, but the voters stopped voting for him because they had fatigue. Same thing here. I'm very curious to see if McDavid can get into that conversation where he gets in shouting distance. Gretzky has the most. He, he won nine in his career. McDavid, I believe, has four as we speak. I'll pull it up as we're talking here. But when you're talking about that level of sustained success, yeah, three-time heart winner, so... Three-time heart winner, five-time point leader. So, yeah, strong correlation between being the best player in the world and scoring a lot of points. And that's not a knock on him to say, you know, oh, no, I don't want him on my team. It's that for the purposes of this conversation, we're going to expand it out a little bit more and have a little more open-ended conversation. Yeah, and to add to that, he should be in his own box. And I'm sure that he would completely understand if things did shift where recognition was divvied up elsewhere and it's not a knock to Connor McDavid because uh, the only negative thing I can say about Connor McDavid is that his house is very boringly designed and decorated, but that's really as far as I can go. Um, you know, one of the best athletes of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, McDavid's first ballot Hall of Famer right now if he retired at 27 years old. Yeah, 27 years old. Not not even a shadow of a hesitation. Three MVPs in an eight-year career. I think it's eight years. Math is hard. Yeah, nine years. This is his ninth season in the league. Yeah. McDavid's my draft year, so he always makes me feel especially old as a 2015. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, nope. That's mm, That makes me feel very... It's Jover. Yeah. Oh, it's so Jover. But coming up next, we are going to go over our Heart Trophy candidate ballots. Um, and you're going to want to stick around for that. And before we do that, though, uh, we are going to take a quick break here. I know we come to sports to escape from the crazy realities of life. But unfortunately, flu season and RSV, strep throat, all of those nasty bugs are real life and unavoidable. With the Jace case, you get a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could really happen to any of us, especially if you work with the general public. You never know what you're encountering. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacist at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off of your order. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us today on Locked on Flames. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. And you want to go first? Uh, sure. So my five, uh, I have Nathan McKinnon, one, Quinn Hughes, two, Sidney Crosby, three, Artemi Panarin, four, Connor Hallibuck, five. Uh, real quick, I'll run through and then we can go back and forth. Hughes is the 
one of the three best defensemen in the world on one of the three or four best teams in the league. Nathan McKinnon is Nathan McKinnon. Sidney Crosby is putting together one of the best seasons of his career at 36 years old on a not a particularly good Penguins team. And really one of the few reasons that team is even moderately competitive. Panarin is the only player on the Rangers who makes things happen at five on five. He is the single reason that both um, Vinny Trocek and Alexi Lafreniere are having career years. And Connor Hellebuck, as we discussed in the opening segment, you're the best player on one of the best teams in the league. You deserve to be in this conversation. Yeah, no, that's fairly, you know, that's easy to defend. Uh, I have in no particular order because I just, I don't enjoy that especially at this point in the season where anything can happen and I just I'm too nice I guess and push over but I have Kucherov um he's just absolutely phenomenal and at I believe it was a little bit after Thanksgiving I think he had like 55 points and it was very still pretty early in the season uh and he's still doing that uh Nathan McKinnon of course Connor McDavid uh David Posternock I think has been very good for the Bruins this year, and I promise I'm not a homer on that one. And Sidney Crosby. I mean, he, him and Patrice Bergeron have, now that Bergie's retired, but they both aged so well, and there wasn't, there hasn't been a drop-off for Crosby. He is still so useful, effective, and important. The thing I commend Sid for was evolving his game as he got older. I mean, there are a lot of guys who will stubbornly cling to what worked for them, and the game passes them by. Sid is still every bit as smart as he was. He's just not as strong, not as fast of a straight line skater. So he dominates with positioning, literally where he is on the ice, and using his body for leverage. He is one of the best winners of loose pucks in the entire league because he has a supreme understanding of how to use his body for positioning. I mean, everybody likes to joke about how big his ass is, but he uses it for leverage. He's, a, he's able to win a lot of those loose pucks to protect the pucks in corners because of the way he's built. He uses his low center of gravity to shield the puck. It's why he's so good on the backhand. You can't knock the puck away from him because he's so built and so defined in his lower body. And at 36 years old, to still be playing that style of play – I know a lot of people like to joke that Sid, when he got to 30, he just became the best grinder in the league. And to some effect, it's true. I mean, he plays a very simple style now where, yeah, he still makes the great passes. But a lot of what makes him so effective now is he doesn't lose puck battles. He is always on the puck and you can't get it away from him. Yeah. And I feel like calling Sidney Crosby underrated is very it's silly. But, yeah. like, there is some truth to it because I feel like, not to sound like an old man, but this younger generation, I don't think that they fully appreciate the extent of what Crosby has done for the league, no. uh, his, his entire career, and just how he has evolved and s did it successfully. We, we sound like the old heads. We do. <laughs> we sound like the old heads talking about Michael Jordan and LeBron discussions. Yeah. Like, we appreciate, as people who grew up in the wake of the lockout that canceled an entire season, mm -hmm. and Gary Bettman pushed all his chips to the middle on Ovechkin and Crosby being the faces of the league, they did it. 
they survived on those two playing yeah. each other in the playoffs all those times and Sid taking the mantle as best Canadian player in the world and Ovechkin Ovechkin now his pursuit of the all-time goal scoring record you know those guys mean a lot to the game uh, more than just the on ice stats I mean we're talking about two of you know the 15 best players ever in the history of the sport. And they came into the league at the same time and have hung mm -hmm. around and been this quality of player for this long. So to circle back to actually what we're supposed to be talking about, <laughs> but you know, conversation leads itself. I mean, I have McKinnon. You can make an argument for, for um, you said Kucherov. Kucherov still leading the league in points on a, not a particularly good Tampa team, no. which again, that's something that's worth highlighting that he's doing a lot of work. You know, Stamkos is getting up there in age. Braden Point isn't the player he was a couple of years ago in those playoff runs where he was over a point per game, two points per game during the one playoff run when they won the cup. But they are still hanging around and it's largely because of him. McDavid's probably going to end up winning this award anyway, so all of this is moot, as you said. I mean, he missed, I want to say, like four games at one point with that knee injury. He got off to a little bit of a slow start when he came back from that injury. He didn't mm -hmm. look right, but he looks all the way back now. Yeah, uh, the McDavid that we saw in at the end of October, early November, is um, a, a very much a thing of the past. I feel like he, I mean, I get it injuries happen and if there is someone that is going to work their way through something and make sure they come back to their fullest capacity it is Connor McDavid to do I mean if you haven't already there's uh, the documentary he did where he did like a thousand hours of physical therapy to rehab his knee incredible uh, but no I think that he has done a great job obviously this season and kind of when the Oilers were struggling he, he was still there, holding them up. He's a special player, man. If you, I What I'll say, if you have not seen Connor McDavid play hockey in person, that is something you owe it to yourself to do. Yes. If, the, if you are going to splurge on anything, make sure it's a game against the Oilers. Um, I got to see him, oh gosh, 2018, 2019, I think. Uh, and thankfully, my tickets were 35 bucks, thanks to student discount. So take advantage of those. But no, he's just, it's, it's incredible. He's incredible. One of the best we have ever seen, arguably the best we may ever see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think that about does it for this segment. And uh, we are going to talk about how playing on good teams, bad teams, soggy middle teams kind of play into where you may fall in terms of uh, nominees and fun awards and things like that. Uh, we'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global, global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and matching engine that helps you find a quality candidate fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, message, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Uh, one of the things that I really like about Indeed is truly just being able to do the interview on the site because 
you're not waiting around for a Zoom link and hoping that the person got it. It is right there. And um, with Indeed, you're leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of the show, you will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your job more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us today on Locked on Flames. If you remember two years ago, Flames had uh, a guy who was going to be potential Hart Trophy winner, but Hunter McDavid, was it or Austin Matthews? It was one. Two years ago, I think was Matthews. I could be wrong. Yeah. Hang on. Can, can, keep talking. Filibuster. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where you really do have to look at it situationally. And if you're playing on a particularly bad team, probably not going to get as much attention just because no, no one wants to watch that. No one wants to put themselves suffering through a Blackhawks game, a Blue Jackets game, a Sharks game. So it really does matter. And it matters more for the players themselves. You know, it's not a coincidence that you that on a good team, you're going to typically have like three or four guys who are all having career years simultaneously. You know, when you're mm-hmm. in a good environment, it's easier to play good hockey. When you're on a team that's rolling, firing on all cylinders, everyone's playing loose, everybody's comfortable, they know what they need to do, it makes it a lot easier to play well when you're not lingering on the, oh, my God, I might make a mistake and that might cost us the game here. That's yeah. It really helps when you are in an environment where everybody has this free flow and creativity. Again, it's not, it sounds simple and it sounds obvious, but so much of hockey is a string of random events coming together and how they play out a single bounce can change a whole lot in terms of narratives Mm -hmm. that that is why it seems like guys who are having those career years they get every single bounce to go their way sure some of that is just luck this is an inherently luck-based sport all sports have an element of luck and variance to them but when you are having that type of season where you're feeling great about your game, you're going to get those bounces to go your way. You are going to manufacture your own luck, essentially, by playing well in a good environment. Yeah, and I feel like you can – and we've seen that with the Flames this year, too, if you really are just, like, looking to focus on the Flames. Like, how they were playing at the start of the season, they were so – it was like they were walking on eggshells and truly skating on thin ice because it one wrong move the whole thing was going to fall apart but now they do have that effortlessness maybe a little more what do you call it creativity and they are playing better hockey somewhat baby steps if they're feeling good about their game and you can maintain that for a while it'll come eventually it, it sounds 
it is difficult when you are in a rut to play effectively. Mm -hmm. If you are playing well and the goals aren't happening for you, you can't put the puck in the net. You got to stick with what's working. They have a good feel for how their game looks. When you, when you see the disjointed stuff, when you see the panic shots, when you see the puck getting treated like a hand grenade, that's when someone's lacking confidence. Good players find the puck. The puck finds good players. I for, I think Rick Nash said that one time, and like that's the most cliche hockey thing you could possibly say, but the best players typically are in and around the play, and they have a way of making things happen for themselves and for other players. Yeah, absolutely. Good old Rick Nash. Bruins legend. Hey, man, that, that, that got the Rangers Ryan Lindgren. So, yeah, Bruins legend. Bruins legend Rick Nash. Yes, thank you. As far <laughs> as this conversation and the situation, because like, you think about the situation of Vancouver, where like mm -hmm. the, Quinn's not going to get any votes because he'll get Norris votes because we don't take defensemen seriously. Hallibuck, same deal. We we they don't take goalies seriously in this conversation. If they did, Austin Matthews wouldn't have won the heart two years ago. It would have been Shesterkin, who was yes. the goalie who had the one of the seven eight best goalie seasons of the last twenty years on a team that you know conceded fifty five percent of the expected goals at five on five. So goalie and defensemen are out. So you can probably add McDavid. We're going to probably end up with some configuration of Kucherov, McKinnon, McDavid, Matthews, and then you could pick whoever you want for that fifth spot. We're going to end, probably Crosby. It could be any number. It could be Pedersen. There are a lot of people that could come into that conversation, but for the purposes of this conversation, I limited it to five because that's what the voters submit. They submit a ballot of five votes. Each spot in the ballot can, gives an associated amount of points. Whoever has the most points, that's who wins the award. So for the purposes of this conversation, the field will start to call. They'll kick out guys like Quinn Hughes and Hellebuck. They won't be in this conversation. Hellebuck will win the Vesna. Quinn Hughes should win the Norris. And we'll get closer to a final field that we should have. But I did want to highlight those two guys in particular because they're having really good seasons. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, you can find them hopefully – uh, at the top of other categories because they are playing out of their minds and it's it's nice to see Quinn Hughes playing on a good team. Uh, it's what he deserves. He's had it once before this year. He's been in the league since, I want to say, 2017 and he's made the playoffs once. He's been in the league since 2018 and he's made the playoff once and that was the Fugazi playoffs in the bubble in 2020 where they won the two rounds and everybody still talks about that. So yeah. it's been a while since the Canucks have been good and he's been in a situation where he's had an opportunity to be on a good team. Same thing with Hellebuck. It's the Jets haven't been this good in probably four or five years. The year they lost to um Nashville in the second round is probably the last time they were good. I think that was 2017, 2018. It might have been 2019, but it, it all blurs together at this point. But regardless, yeah, it's good to see good players get rewarded with a good a team around them giving them an opportunity to get a little bit of a bigger profile, more recognition for how good they are. Yeah, absolutely. And it does speak to that resilience and grit and determination that we just we love to slap on any sort of NHL promo because that's what it takes to succeed at the NHL level. Uh you got to have it to su survive those winters in Saskatchewan, so Yeah. I I'd request a trade. No, actually, you know what? I 
would say I'm not signing here. And they can send me to Southern California. Hey man, the ducks might stink, but I'd like to live in I'd like to live in Orange County. It seems like a nice place. It's a lot warmer than New York, so I'll take it. But anything else we would like to add to this wonderful discussion? Um don't take awards voting personally the people who vote on these awards are mostly beat writers who cover one team and watch one hockey team consistently if you you were more likely than not going to be disappointed with the vast majority of these ballots because these people don't watch other games in their free time because they watch a lot of hockey in their day job so there's a difference between me who you know i can watch three hockey games in a night because i'm set up at my desk versus the person who is at one game doesn't get out of the arena till probably close to midnight. I don't expect that person to get home and then watch the end of the Sharks cracking game. No, they should go to bed. Um, But yes, that will do it for today's episode of Lockdown Flames. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Uh, Feel free to drop your nominees or your top five ballot in the comment section on YouTube. And I will see you tomorrow and Nick will be back next week where hopefully we're talking about maybe a trade or an extension because it'd be nice to, to have that. But any parting words? Uh, drink some water. I know it's easy to forget about hydration when you're cold, but drink water. Wrong one.